Now it's time to take your seats. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. Featuring Jack and Andre. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Hello, how are you? Do you mind if I just start by saying the voice you just heard was Lily Bennett, who is currently in Munich, is that right? In Germany, and she just saw three full nights of Werner Herzog films with Werner Herzog in presence. And he was saying, everyone, just get out there and make films on your iPhone. He was being a total enabler. He was preaching the, don't wait for money, go outside and make all your movies of your dreams, don't wait to be asked. Well, Werner Herzog is also the kind of person who says, forge documents to get into places that you're not allowed to go to make movies. Amazing. (laughs) Everything for the art. We condone. We're pro-Werner? Pro-Werner. 100% pro-Werner. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about what's happening in Sydney Spotlight. Oh, stick around, because... you're going to give away the location of a free set of scary films that sound really cool. Yeah. It's, dare I say, the coolest curation in Sydney. I mean, they just keep getting better, this specific place. And I just want to say, while we're on the topic of free slash cheap movies, every week we post on the program page a list of every cinema in Sydney and what days they do deals on. So if you're like, oh, I feel like a movie today, go check it out, fbiradio.com, and click on the Mornings with Bray Tanner tab. And the producers have kindly just listed there for you everywhere you can find a cheap movie. I mistakenly found out that you can get $8 tickets from Dendi. Just check the program page to find out. That's it. All right, let's get into what's been happening. Movie news. So I've interested. I've been recently getting interested in who some of the early female directors were. Turns out they're not a new thing. Mm-mm, They've no. been around for ages. Can you tell me a little bit about Lena Wertmüller? Yeah, that's right. So before Greta Gerwig got her Best Director nom, years and years and years ago, decades ago, Lena Wertmüller was the first female director to be nominated at the Oscars for Best Director. Uh, and she's currently 91. She didn't win because uh, we've only had one winner and it wasn't her. But Was it Jane Campion? No, no, no. It was um, Catherine Bigelow for her locker. That's right. Anyway, she's finally going to get an Oscar, an honorary Oscar, which is what they give people like late, you know what I mean? When yeah. times have passed and it's appropriate, they honour people with these Oscars. I so think David Lynch is getting one as well. This year, Gina Davis, a famous uh, Thelma and Louise star, David Lynch and Lena are going to get honorary Oscars, which is basically their way of saying, you didn't get an Oscar, so here's the pity one that you deserved years and years and years ago. And we're saying, now. like... If you want to nerd out, this is like a perfect excuse to go and watch Lena movies. A famous I mean? example was Agnes Varda, who won one two years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about Lena Vertmuller's films? What are they usually about? What kind of style are they yeah, in? Yeah, I mean... It, what was her directing touch? I think her directing touch was just uh, magical realism, but with a feminine flair. So you could call, you could almost say that she inspired people like Sofia Coppola and yeah. Guillermo del Toro, who She's won... like post... Fellini pre Sophia Coppola. Yeah, she exists in this like theatrical magical <laughs> world. Right, just smiling like okay. <laughs> Way over my head. No. <laughs> but speaking of Oscars, let's talk about the Australian Oscars. Yes, which the is... Actor Awards. Yeah. Now we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, and and in previous episodes of movies, 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 sequin in a blue room. It took out the audience award at the Sydney Film Festival. Mm-hmm, it's a locally right. directed, a local director. We interviewed the, the producer Sophie Hatch. Producer on this show and that producer has now been nominated. Actually, do the producers get nominated or is it just the director? Yeah. The film's been nominated for Best New Indie Film at the Actor Awards, which is a huge honour and a huge opportunity for this locally made film about this kid who goes to sex honours. 
but also made by people in their 20s. I think it's amazing. And and it's not the only movie... Um, <laughs> <laughs> nominated. <laughs> there nominated. are other movies nominated, nominated for the Actor Awards. One of them is The Nightingale, which has been nominated for 16 awards. Um, yes. I'll just run through those. How about yes, I do that? Yes, The Nightingale has been nominated for the following actors. Uh, best Lead Actor, Best Lead Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Film, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Direction, Best Editing, Best Sound, Screenplay, Original or Adaptation, Best Casting, Best Hair and Makeup, and Best Cinematography. Imagine if it only got Best Hair and Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting because the entire cast is being nominated for acting awards, which means that, you know, the survivors of the horrible things that happened in the film and the perpetrators are all being, you know, championed and in just depicting what was so horribly real in this film, which I think is really exciting and motivational. Yeah. Because the, um, the main army dude in that movie. I forget. Damon Harriman, who also played... um, Some hot guy? No, he played... um, What's Charles Manson in two other things this year. Okay, in so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and in Mindhunter. Interesting, because I thought, like, how can this guy, like, walk around at these film awards and people not, like, want to spit on him? Because yeah. he was so hateable in that movie. And to hear that he's also played Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time, like, you just... you just got to have, like, a safe home to be able to go to those kind you of You know, places. there is a real... It's a career move in Hollywood to play white supremacists. I mean, think of Get Out. So many A-list actors stood up and said, I want to play the white supremacists in these films. And, and Marnie did it. And Marnie did it. And Catherine Keener did it. And these people want to depict these horrible... Why? And Michelle Pfeiffer because it's in Im- Maleficent 2, which, which we're we'll about talk to about review. So because it's important to just not, you know, not just to show the victims of, this, of the abuse that happens in history, but to also show the people who create the abuse... Anyway, not condoning, just explaining. <laughs> Thank you for explaining. Now, I, I thought Weinstein was in jail, but it turns out he's not. No. Shows how much I know. What's happened with no, him? No, Gary. Harvey Weinstein was spotted at a um, at an acting incubator event, which is basically just this downtown chic New York stand-up night where you know up-and-coming actors go up and just show off their chops. And uh, Harvey showed up with a group of actors, sat in a little booth during this live event. He was clocked straight away. The, the security asked everyone to not make a fuss about it, but this really brave comedian whose name I believe is Kelly Bakanan went up on stage. She is a survivor of sexual assault and she just uh, ripped into him and she went for it. And she afterwards spoke to BuzzFeed and said, I felt really bad because it wasn't my own material. It was just, you know, reactive to him being there and it was filmed and it wasn't what I planned to do. So she kind of had... So she got up for her comedy set and instead of doing giving a set, she ripped exactly. into Harvey Weinstein, who was in the in the crowd. 100%, yeah. She was like, what did she say? She I said, don't think we should say the jokes on it. As a co- no, but one of them was just like, as a comedian, I've got to talk about the elephant in the room. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's you the know name of I mean? this comedian if people want to check her out after the show? That's the only part of the news that I'm not 100% sure about. I think it's Kelly Buchanan. But just type Weinstein heckled into your Google and you'll get some really ace videos. Or type in Actors Hour, which is the event that took place. Love it. This is Movies, Movies, Movies with Jack and Andre. We've got one more piece of news. And then we are getting into two reviews where you'll hear reviews of Maleficent Maleficent 2 and The Laundromat as well. First of all, though, Cardi B in Fast and the Furious. That's right. Is that the total story? I think that's the the headline. That's all we know. And let's get to it. You know what's hilarious, though? (laughs) Iggy Azalea was in a Fast and Furious film and we don't hear about her very often, so Cardi, is this a career suicide? Come or on, we hear about you. You're right. Cardi B has the name Car in her name, so oh. she's like, maybe... But also, I only see her in the back, and I did want to know, like, I didn't know Cardi could drive. Can Cardi drive a manual? And also, Cardi's a Bernie supporter, like, where's the Green New Deal come into the Fast and Furious universe? Should we have some electric cars in Fast and the Furious? Is that what this movie Is she going to should... ride a bike? 
You've lost me, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm over here just wishing we can move on to that question. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go to a song now when we come back. Two reviews on Movies, 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 FBI 94.5. Madame Nicole, un stit qui pensait qu'un boulot n'était pas fait pour l'école. Je portais un velours troué, des bottes rouges en plastique, une cagoule en laine, un chandail ou des plaies baskets. Le coiffeur ne savait même pas encore que j'existais. Mais sois sûr que le premier qui nous a vu c'est désisté. Pourtant jeune et innocent, la mort volait sans clinette. On squatte le bac à sable avec son sable et nos idées. Afin de faire du vandalisme, même sans le savoir. Nos parents n'ont pas, donc on erre sans avoir. Après nos voisins de gros racistes, je le précise. Nous étions mal élevés, leur berger allemand mieux dressé. Moi j'y crois pas, d'ailleurs j'y ai jamais cru. Car parental est le seul amour que j'ai jamais eu Donc pour pas se vénère Ce qui met à la menthe Les vertus du nerf Donc du thé à la menthe Bidonville, ambiance clandestine dans un bar à Barbès et à la menthe, couscous et tagine à la carte Plus de scopitone pour Mouloud et Saïd Abdallah Avec un sale accent, pas de salam Alec Me dit Hassan l'athlète, originaire d'Algérie, d'Hollywood, à Tamadrasset Plus de thé à la menthe, juste des palabres amères Comme un malade mental, j'ai mal à la tête Je cavale en Stan Smith, Adidas, jeans, 501, savage mental Puis si c'est, v'là l'attentat, pour quelques douces de plus Y'a des carnages dans l'air, cette France me désintègre Classe arabe comme un barbare bancal Nique la culture du barbecue, du steak Et je passe bout d'eau bled C'est la djellaba et les sandales Douche d'A à Casablanca C'est banal en bas de la tête m'emmerde et j'pèse que dalle Ça se bat la frambade, mon rôle, ma peine Et ma joie se confondent et c'est tout ce qui reste De notre héritage culturel notre héritage culturel Nastas et 500, à peine tôt, cassette de fond, quel daron, 505, mais 20 le mot, problème avec un grand P, face auquel tout le monde a tremblé ou rampé, après l'innocence, le pessimisme s'est ancré, en l'incandescence, le droit chemin s'est cambré, je lui ai tendu la main et le bonheur m'a crampé, genre seul l'argent et l'honneur peut me rendre vrai, mais si on peut t'accuser de choses que si t'avais fait, tu te pendrais, il leur faut un arabe, un noir, ce que tu veux, bref, du concret, on a eu la chance de ne jamais se prendre au sérieux, côtoyer le vice sans jamais faire le supérieur, modelant, notre vie loin du à l'école, nouveau tour contre l'albatros de beauté. On s'est retrouvé dans le rap contre toute réelle attente. La recette sans pleurs, stylo était à la menthe. Caution from the Ocean's 12 film. You're on movies, movies, movies. I'm joined by Jack and Andre, our film lords. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two 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 reviews. 
Maleficent 2 is out. It's out and about and proud and ready to go. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Mistress, I have a little bit of news. Don't ruin my morning. Was Angelina Jolie? Jo- there was, yeah. Always could be Julie Andrews. Don't ruin my morning. I love Don't when she's got a British it. accent. <laughs> Lara Croft and Maleficent. Okay, ladies. Me- so, <laughs> Sorry. Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil, y'all, poses the question, is Maleficent a queer shero? She is played by Angelina Jolie in the fairy tale land of Far, Far Away. I'm just getting into this isn't Shrek. And her daughter, who is played by L.M.F. Ficking Fanning, decides to marry the notorious prince in Far, Far Away. And Maleficent's like, no, 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 this can't happen. What entails is this crazy fairy tale, wild fantasy ride story. Michelle Pfeiffer is like the upcoming queen who tries to eradicate all the magical fairies in Far, Far Away. Maleficent is trying to stop this wedding because the wedding's actually a trap to take all the fairies into this one castle and gas them. Huge Adolf Hitler vibes. And basically the end just kind of shows that Maleficent is this bomb villain, anti-villain, anti-hero, all mixed up in one. And you end up just loving that she, you know, managed to switch sides and support Elle Fanning, who has to be the next beautiful thing happening in Hollywood right now. Can I just ask, in Maleficent 1, was... is is Angelina Jolie's character called Maleficent? Mm. Was Maleficent the baddie in the end? Did she, was she defeated? You're right. Context, she context, context. So Maleficent is the baddie who orchestrated the spindle touching in Sleeping Beauty that put Sleeping Beauty under the spell for 100 years. And now she's coming back as, you know, this cheerleading, you know, well, she was, icon. It, it turns out that she was abused, and but she actually loves the daughter and she tries to break the curse. But through misinformation, everyone still paints her as the villain. You know okay. what I mean? Mm. And Maleficent being a fairy, she's a, a target in this film because Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays this Adolf Hitler, you know, uh, copycat, is trying to eradicate all fairy creatures in the in the whole kingdom. So it sounds like there's some subtext going on here and maybe... Is, is it a Disney movie? Disney film, Disney film. They're sort of trying to link to other things? Well, I just think that stories? what I've been thinking about with Maleficent 2 is that, you know, I think these days people are becoming more media literate and obviously every single film you can read into in a certain way. But these days with like woke culture, I guess, we're now understanding that, you know, these grand, huge blockbusters have coded messages and people can read them now and they're becoming more legible and more obvious. And, and it's a little bit more desperate. I feel like Maleficent is like so... Um, quintessentially an anti-war story Yeah, at a time when it feels like everyone is gearing for like a fascist regime. But worldwide. also an anti-genocide I mean? story. You when... know, while Chile is happening, while Hong Kong's happening, it's like we literally see Michelle Pfeiffer for a long time as well in like a Disney movie. For 30 minutes, you basically see like Leslie Manville, Juni- Juno Temple and Imelda Staunton as fairies getting gassed. Yeah. And, like, it's really, in really confronting. Penul- in the penultimate castle scene where the gassing's happening, a tree protects these three fairies that you just named and, tur- and like, dies in front of them. And you just think, wow, this is horrible and saddening to, like, link to real history that's happened. Mm. And to think that Disney is propagating this is kind of ballsy, I think. I cried. And you- that, to me, made me feel like this movie is beyond important. Starring the actress Angelina Jolie, whose last film was, like, in Cambodia that she directed, all in Khmer, yeah. about the war in Cambodia and the genocide in Cambodia, is now like fronting a Disney movie about genocide. Do you think it's a big risk for Disney to take on 
uh, like tackle such a heavy topic? No, because they, it's, it's been happening for years. Every single Disney film has subtext to it, but now we just know what the subject is because we're just smarter and we just have people like Ronan Farrow who can decode films for us and write books about them. But and now, film lords as and well. And film lords as well. So you can go see this film and watch it as like, you know, a rompy Disney movie with like a bit of war in it, or you can read it as this allegory for what's happened in the past 60 yeah. years of civilization. Maleficent 2, what would you give it in a word? Oh la la. Maleficent. Maleficent. (laughs) (laughs) Just that title. Okay, Jen, let's go to your review now. You're going to be looking at a movie that's coming out primarily on Netflix, but we'll also see a bit of a release in cinemas as well. Hopefully. It's a new one from Steven Soderbergh from the Oceans movies and as well... Magic Mike. Magic Mike. Let's take a listen. I did was try and send money. It's a scam that goes from Houston to the West Indies to some bank who knows where. They're getting away with murder. Which is bad. Bad? Yeah, bad is such a big word. Now, are you going to need to know about financial scams and that sort of thing to enjoy this movie? No, the film exists to explain that to you. I think it's one of those, like, if you have no concept of, like, what the Watergate scandal is, you should watch All the President's Men. This is kind of like, that's, like, old reference. But this is, if you have literally no idea about, like, offshore money laundering and Panama, uh, this is a film that explains a real-life sequence of events in this, like, glitch in the Matrix, messy, like, Brechtian, breaking the fourth wall way with huge kind of villainous actors like Gary Oldman, who's been Me Too'd, Antonio Banderas, Meryl Streep, who, you know, climbed Uluru for some shots as Lindy Chamberlain for an Oscar nom. Like, well, did not know that. No, didn't. And so you're watching all of these people explain to you money laundering and you're a little bit like, I don't know, like, you guys feel like the 1% talking about the 1% to me. Mm. But it is also on Netflix kind of revolutionary and by a director who has constantly evolved with the times, has constantly been like the high watermark of American filmmaking, Steven Spielberg. He can do high and low and recently he's been doing, he did Unsane on an iPhone about like the problems with the mental health industry. He did High Flying Bird about like the racism in basketball that was a really complex film but made it to Netflix and now he's done The Laundromat which is like a crazy film about Meryl Streep uncovering this like the Panama chain Papers. of like a security fraud like not security fraud insurance fraud um, that was worldwide and involved some of the richest billionaires in the world. The Laundromat. What would you give it in a word? I couldn't watch this in good faith because I yeah. felt so... This is actually... What I found so interesting about this film was that it was the first time that I watched a film with Gary Oldman that I could not stand. Is that the one that's been made too? Yeah, he has been publicly... It's been quite public that he's been abusive to his wife. But we're going to use the word alleged. You know what alleged. I mean? But anyway, I couldn't in good faith watch this. It, it was hard. I watched an hour of it and then I turned it off, especially because he was reading the least interesting trope in, fi- in film, which is breaking the fourth wall. Honestly, the only person that can yeah. break the fourth wall is Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City. And to see Gary Oldman do it to me, I was like, I don't want this person to be talking to me face to face, okay? Get out of my life, get out of my screen, get off my Netflix. But he was also playing like a disgusting villain. So part of me is like, is a good casting or should this guy just never be paid for a short movie? You know what I mean? Okay, so in a word, the laundromat. Unbearable. Uh, I'm going to say malfunction. Malfunction? Malfunction. Yeah, truly. I'd like you to explain that to me. <laughs> I think it's like we were listening to some hard style last night and we were like, whoa, this sounds like a malfunction. And this movie is just like five different stories on top of each other. Everyone's calling it a mess, but that's like the kind of movie I like. A malfunction because when you see a film that has people who have allegations against them, it pollutes the entire film. And that's the malfunction. Yeah. 
That was two reviews. And you can check them out on the Instagram at movies, underscore movies, underscore movies, underscore. Whenever I come out of the cinema, I always go straight there to see what Jack and Andre, our film lords, have said about something. And then I have something interesting to tell my friends and say on air as well. So thank you so much for that. Now, Movies, Movies, Movies will continue right after this song from Clipso. We're going to be telling you about a local free screening series with some very scary movies. Defend Your Situation by Clipso. It's now time to find out where you can get along to a free event happening locally with the next level of scary movies to add to your repertoire. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. So Art Gallery of New South Wales is doing a series on the dark arts, starting with the, as Jen has written, disappointingly vapid Suspiria. I thought it wasn't that bad. You know me. Suspiria? What? No, Dakota I think... with with good old Dakota. No, the new one, the old one. Oh, the old one. Oh, that is disappointingly vapid. Yeah, truly, truly, truly. Okay, sorry. The original There's like one that's like okay, everyone knows this one. They'll come to it, but the rest of the series is like mm, yeah. rainy day goodness. New so. Suspiria is the ship, but the old one is screening at the New South Wales Art Gallery uh, as part of the Dark Arts series, which is going to be followed by other amazing films such as Harmony Korine's favorite film, Celine and Julie Go Boating. Best film of last year, Happy as Lazaro. Um, and also the unforgettable Venice horror masterpiece Don't Look Now by Nicholas Rogue, who also directed The Witches. If you want to see Australian art film, check out Tracy Moffat's Bedeviled, which is hands down the best Australian film ever made. I haven't seen it, but it is rare. It's so AF. good. I saw it at the film festival this year and it blew me away. Are these all art art house films? I they would are, call them but that, but they're so easy to watch. Yeah. Like, they're just good movies, you know what I mean? Don't be scared by that word, okay? Be scared of the dark arts, but don't be scared of art house is all I can say. Be scared of, like, sitting through a trashy Netflix horror made by a bunch of frat boys that is going to bore you to death. Like, go to these movies and have some, like, actual like, uh, chocolatey goodness. I'm getting excited. The best way to describe it is that it's undemanding art house that's actually enjoyable and not emotionally draining. All in a word. The last one is Uncle Boon Me Who Forgot His... Who Can Recall His Past Lives Which One Can't and it's by our favourite filmmaker Thai director. Thai director of Pichapong Riss the Call and it is just this, like, ambient slow come down of a movie with, like, spirits in the Thai jungle. Just say how it is. It's Billie Eilish in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, basically all these movies are great for a come down. So it's perfect for Sunday sessions. You're going to have such a great time in this, like, beautiful Tickets are cinema. free. It's from the 6th of November to the 15th of December. A long-ass time to watch some kooky movies. And after you see a movie at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, you can hang out and discuss it around the art. Exactly. Or just go up and have a peruse around uh, Mrs. Macquarie's chair or whatever it's called. Beautiful. <laughs> what a gorgeous day out. Yeah, what a lovely day out. And for free, my favourite price. Just don't try and park there. They'll nab you. <laughs> just walk there, honestly. Hey, what are you guys off to do right now? we got to run to go interview some workaholics. We're going to interview Gillian Bell, who's in a pop and movie called Britney Runs a Marathon. You may know her as the star of Rough Night, which came out two years ago, one year ago, with Alana Glazer. She's also an art house actress, having appeared in two Paul Thomas Anderson films, and only one of them, her scene, was deleted. And we're going to go talk to her about Britney Runs a Marathon and Running Shame. It came out during Sydney Film Festival, but it's coming back to cinemas. On the 31st of October, so you can check it out very, very soon. It's also going to be on Amazon, but don't watch it on Amazon, watch it at the movies. Don't forget, you can listen back to all the episodes and in-depth podcasts by going to fbiradio.com slash movies or checking out the podcast Movies, Movies, Movies. Thank you so much, Jack and Andre, for coming in. Thank you, Bridie. Now we'll hear your interview with Gillian Bell next Monday and you'll be away uh, for that one but we are having a fill in 
Gloria Bosse, who's right. been here before, and we love her so much. So looking forward to that. Music now from Lana Del Rey. Oh, For you, Ange. Aww. This is the greatest. And coming up soon, we're going to be chatting with Elizabeth, our independent feature artist of the week here at FBI 94.5. You're on Mornings. I miss Long Beach and I miss you, babe I miss dancing with you the most of all I miss the bar where the beach boys would go Dennis's last stop before Kokomo Those nights were on fire, we couldn't get higher We didn't know that we had it all Nobody wants you before the fight Don't leave, I just need a wake-up
This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.